Welcome back to Fiat, the podcast for Catholic women. We are Renee and Maureen, and we want to give you reliable and honest information about how to be a modern Catholic woman in the world, but not of the world. We use personal experiences as well as church teachings to motivate you to always say yes to God. Hello, everyone. I'm Renee. Um, I am a little tired, so I'm sipping caffeine while making this podcast, um, but welcome back. Yeah, and Maureen is also here. What is up? (laughs) I am a little stressed out, which is perfect for this episode because we are talking about discernment downers um, and a lot about anxiety and stress that can sometimes come with discernment. Um, Mm. You know, just to like get a little bit off of my chest right now, I feel like that'll help with this episode. It's not really about like discernment, but I'm just like, I'm taking summer classes this summer. I'm trying to find a job now, but I'm only home for like seven more weeks. So I'm like, who is going to hire me for this? I'm like helping my mom out with stuff around the house. And then also trying to plan to like go on family vacations and stuff. Cause my mom is oh, like, geez. Oh, since we're all home because no one's going to like summer camps, we should go on some road trips this summer. Which, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I absolutely love road trips, but like, I'm like, mom, you want me to get a job and you want me to go on a road trip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you want from me? So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel that yeah. California just re shut down. So I'm back home basically doing nothing all day and it's just depressing. So <laughs> we have very simple, yeah. I mean, very different depressions. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to go very well with today's episode um, yes. about discernment downers. So we just, first of all, we just want to say, um, the the point that we're trying to get across in this episode is that we all have a lot of anxiety, depression, stress in our lives. And we want you to know, first and foremost, that it's okay to have these feelings. Um, We think that's really important that you should know. You should not ever get down on yourself for feeling stressed. Mm -hmm. And if you look around and you think that everyone has their life together and they know exactly what they're doing with their discernment and exactly what God is calling them to do, probably not the case and so yeah. we really want to Spoiler alert <laughs> they do not yeah. have it <laughs> no definitely not I mean come on we're here we're over here podcasting like giving advice and we're also just like freaking out so yep know. yep <laughs> even we don't know what we're doing yep um so yeah just make sure that you know that as we get into the rest of this episode and as we start to talk some more about this uh we just really want you to know that no matter what you're feeling, it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was, you know, doing some research on this before we started, and I saw this one quote from an article that I thought was actually really um, powerful. And it said, discernment isn't easy, but not because it's predicting the future. Discernment is about seeking God's call in the present moment. And so I think that is really, really important as we talk about discernment, because a lot of people think the reason that they're stressed out is because they're trying to get a plan for the future. And it is really hard to plan for the future because you you legitimately like humans can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we're always stressed out about it because we can't control it. Mm. Um, But this this article was really trying to get across. That's not what discernment is about. So if you're stressed out because you can't control the future, then you need to take a pause and think about like, that's, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You don't have to worry about that. We were talking about this in our first episode. Um, everyone is called to have this universal vocation and your universal vocation is just to get to heaven. And discernment is not so much about like, oh, am I supposed to go to married life or religious life? Um, it's more about 
what is God calling me to do so that I can get to heaven and help the most other people also get to heaven? And so you need to be thinking about what is it that can make me be a holy person? And what am I doing today to fulfill that vocation? And then eventually you're going to take the next step and do something else. And so like Renee someday is going to get married and then every day she's going to be living the married life. But that doesn't mean that her discernment has stopped just because she knows or like just because she gets married every day, she'll be discerning. What do I need to do so I'm following God and Mm -hmm. getting myself to heaven and staying on that road? And so I thought that was a really big deal because I always get caught up in the fact that I still don't know what my um, other vocation is. You know, like I don't know whether I'm being called to religious life or the single life or married life or whatever. You know, I don't know yet. And so I'm always like worried about that. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I, I can't I can't do anything. I'm like stuck. But really, that's not what it's about. Um, you should be paying more attention to how is my spiritual life? Am I showing love to others as Christ would? And if you're able to follow those particular things, your life will just sort of line up and eventually you'll figure out what is God is calling you to do. Um, So going beyond that, we also always in our episodes, we try to include some very concrete tips that you can follow. So we'll be getting into personal stories a little bit later. This episode is is supposed to be more about relatability for you because um, as someone that is anxious and stressed out a lot, even though I try not to show it on the surface. Same. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just knowing that other people are also going through the same thing is a really big help for me. And so I, I do like to listen to other people's stories and we thought that might help you guys as well. If you were able to just listen to our stories and find some relatability and community in that and yeah. hopefully gain some peace, even in the midst of your stress. However, we would also like to give you some concrete tips to work mm-hmm. through that stress um, because relatability is not everything. I mean, it, it might be like, you know, 98%, but you got to have a little bit, just little extra shove to get you the rest of the way. Um, so we have some tips from that were, um, created by St. Ignatius way back when, but they are so, I mean, I cannot believe, like, I will read stuff from saints that lived in like, you know, 1300s, 1400s. And I'm like, whoa, how do they know exactly (laughs) what I'm going through? Like, this does not make any sense. But so, yeah, this is is wild but he like he was literally speaking to my heart when I was reading this article and I'm like Ignatius I'm like (laughs) you got it dude okay (laughs) so there are seven um like steps almost to making any type of decision so this is not specifically a discernment type of tips but they do work for discernment uh this it actually will help for like any decision any major decision that you have to make in your life like uh you I don't know which school you want to pick like Renee yeah. definitely has a lot to say about that oh do I <laughs> <laughs> I really wish that I could have seen this before I was picking my college um, yeah as a, me you know, too stressed out high school senior but anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> so the very Number one thing that you really need to do, and I thought this was important, is is make very clear to yourself what it is that you are trying to decide. And I think that can actually, you know, if you get all confused by like little tiny decisions that have to be made instead of what exactly is the decision. So make very clear to yourself, what exactly am I trying to decide in this situation? 
And that way you're able to isolate it from any other like white noise in the background and stuff. And then keep yourself from being, um, I can't think of the word right now, but um, like biased. It's like, yes, bias. There we go. Thank you. Um, keep yourself from biases against any particular outcome, because if you're really looking for God's advice, then you need to be as neutral as possible, because otherwise you'll you'll just sort of hear voices that you probably made up on your own telling you to do this certain thing or they may even be the devil's voice who's trying to convince you to do that thing that may seem better for you but actually isn't the right choice so Mm -hmm. you know make sure that each one seems equally appealing to you um and that way god's will might be able to shine through and suddenly show you one thing that that you didn't notice before that was much better about this certain decision And then third, once you've done those preliminary steps, pray to God. I mean, praying (laughs) is literally the ultimate way of making a decision because you literally are communicating with God. And that's kind of the only way we have to communicate with him is through prayer. And so if you want him to speak to you, you need to talk to him, ask him questions, and then listen for a response. So you got to (laughs) pray. And then if you're still having a little bit of confusion, um, there's a couple things that St. Ignatius says you can do. So number four is imagine that you are advising someone else, which I've heard this from a lot of different places. And so the idea that St. Ignatius invented it and now it's being used in the secular world really makes me happy. But they, they say like, it is so much harder for you to tell yourself to do something. But if you imagine it's your best friend, like you can come up with tons of advice for your best friend about what to do. Um, like if you hear someone else's story, you're like, well, that's what I would do in this situation. But then you realize <laughs> if you were in the situation, you would have no idea what to do. So it's kind yeah. of funny how your brain works like that. <laughs> and then number five is imagine yourself on your deathbed looking back at your life Ugh. and thinking what would have like felt most fulfilling at, for me as an old person, like which path <laughs> to follow, which I thought was really interesting. I never considered Oof. that before. But if you like think of yourself as like little 90 year old lady or something and you're like, what would you have been proud of doing then? that's probably a better choice to make because you know old people are just very wise so imagine yourself being wise (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) um and then beyond that uh he says use your god gift of reason so humans Mm -hmm. were given a gift of reason thank you philosophy class yeah (laughs) um and that makes us very special and god gave us reason for a reason so that we can use it And so even just like making a list of pros and cons and then systematically going through and saying, you know, which outweighs which. And if one decision has a ton of pros and the other one only has like two or three, then probably you should make the one with a ton of pros (laughs) unless it also has like a thousand cons. Yeah, pro con lists are very enlightening. They are. And I actually hate them because it requires me to sit down for like a good amount of time and create pros and cons. Right. They're so helpful. So yeah, yeah, you should definitely try something that's just very systematic, boring and bland, but it, it works so well. So try that. 
And then once you think that you have come to a decision, ask for a specific sign of clarity. And I was actually surprised to see this one because I feel like everyone is always telling you, like, don't test God and whatever. And like, don't ask him for proof. But this one like was saying, ask for a sign of proof. And I saw that a couple of different times in articles that I was reading. And I was I was kind of shook by it because I feel like people always say, you know, God doesn't give signs of proof or it's rude to ask for signs Mm. of proof from God. But apparently it's not. So, yeah, I've always. Yeah. I think asking for signs, totally fine. Like God wants to like communicate back to you. And if that's the way that you're going to receive it, it's yeah. totally fine to ask for it. Yeah. So if you're very close to making a decision, but still wavering on the edge, then go ahead and just ask for a sign. Like, you know, um, I've heard a lot of people who have prayed like St. Therese of Lisieux novenas. And there's this thing about when you pray them and then you often will see roses in roses, a place that yeah. you wouldn't normally see them before and so I mean that's not necessarily a sign from God but like something like that you know say you know if this is your will for me let you know something happen that wouldn't normally happen I mean don't say something silly like tomorrow I'll wake up and have breakfast like that's (laughs) you know ask for something a little unusual and if it happens then that's probably God's will for you yeah if it feels right then it probably is right. That's the best yes. part about being children of God is he will make it feel right for you. So yes. those are so our nice. tips. And now Renee is going to get into some personal stories and experiences. Mm. And then we'll come back to me and I'll tell you a little bit of my own story and then some stories from the saints. Yeah. So I was actually really excited to do this episode because I have a lot to say about um, discernment in the sense of how adults communicate it to like teenagers or kids. And, um, based on my own personal experiences, I've had a lot of adults tell me like, well, just, you know, pray about it and ask God, like follow God's will. And what they're saying, it's not wrong. Like it's obviously good advice, but I think something that Catholics have really kind of dropped the ball on is we're not really teaching the youth how to pray. And, um, I don't really, like, I've always had, like, a faith life. Yeah, and, like, I know how to pray because just from, like, my experiences. But, I mean, like, Catholics have very particular prayers, like the rosary, like devotionals, novenas. And if you really don't know how to use those, they're kind of useless. Like, I just very recently, like, really learned, like, how to effectively pray a rosary. And so I just think that that's something that has really like not been communicated to the youth is like how to even recognize God's will. So that's been like a really frustrating thing for me because something that I've told like a lot of people at CUA is I've really never been like the girl who's like, oh, I heard God's voice. I'm 100% confident I'm doing the right thing. Like God is on my side. Like I, I'm one of those people where I've always believed in God and I've always believed that he can hear me and cares about what I'm saying, but I've never been like the type of person who like quote unquote hears him. Um, so I've been oh, super frustrated. Yeah. Like I don't like hear a voice. I know a lot of people don't hear the voice or whatever, but I just, I don't. And so I get super frustrated because I'll pray and pray and pray. And I will leave feeling exactly the same way as when I walked into the church. Um, so I've had kind of like harbored jealousy towards people who like talk about like the peace they feel like after a big decision or like when they say like, oh yeah, God, God's got it. Like he's, he's on my side, all that. Like I, I've never felt that way. Um, And a great example that I tell people is I 
like you can, my parents, my mom listens to this and she's probably going to laugh, but like, I almost had like a nervous breakdown when picking a college. Like it was hilarious looking back on it. Like I thought it was the biggest decision of my life. And I mean, it was at the time. And just like, I couldn't, I couldn't make a decision. It was between Franciscan University and Catholic University of America. Loved both the schools. I had a friend from high school going to Franciscan, but I was like, I had the opportunity to do cross country and track at CUA. It was just like, it was terrible. Like I cried so much because I was just so anxious. I made the decision like May 1st, like the last day you could make it. And I remember just like crying to my mom and just being like, can you just make the decision for me? Like, I can't do this. And I mean, like, it's ridiculous, like, when you think back on it, but, like, it, I mean, it was just really frustrating because I had prayed a lot about it, and I'd been asking God, and I just didn't feel like a pull. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, you should go here. Like, I didn't feel that, and I remember my mom saying to me, like, I think that you're just at that, like, that like that crossroads where you're going to be happy either way you go. You're just going to have different experiences, and I think she was right. Um, I'm very happy with my decision. Like, I love CUA, but I remember I had a teacher super nice guy. Um, He was like my freshman year theology teacher for like a month before I transferred out. But he, I was talking to him about this and he was like, just pray in front of the blessed sacrament. And I was so frustrated with him because I was like, you don't get it. Like, I don't hear anything. Like I will sit in front of Jesus and I hear nothing and I get so frustrated. And so I was just like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I, I just can't. And so I personally, like, I think this just comes from being a convert, um, but I just really, it took me a while to um, like truly like in my soul, believe in the real presence. And if you don't fully grasp the real presence, adoration makes no sense. Um, And so I really have always hated adoration. I've had to go for like church groups and stuff, but I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't like feel, I don't feel like what people talk about. But um, when I got to college, I had some like friends who basically like dragged me along to silent adoration. And I've always been the kind of person who like prays a rosary and then leaves because like that's the one thing that I can like really feel like God is really hearing me. And but you can't really leave. Like if you guys have been to silent adoration at CUA, like you don't leave, you stay there. And it's an hour and I hated it because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, how long are you supposed to kneel? Like what I don't understand. And so I've, I started going once a week and I got a lot more confident with it. And like, now I like understand it, but I wouldn't have, like, I, that wouldn't have happened unless one, I had friends who pushed me out of my comfort zone. And two, I just like forced myself to sit there for an hour, like just do it, like just force yourself. Like an hour isn't that long. Like, I know it feels like so long. It feels like so long for me, but it's, it's really not. So, but so something that I've learned, like through all these decisions, like all this frustration and like inability to make a decision is like you might not be the type of person who like hears God's voice but like that's not him abandoning you like he's not just saying like I hear you Renee but figure it out like that's not (laughs) that's not it um so something that I really like related to is I just take my frustration to God like I I just tell him like look you know, like, I, you know, I trust you, you know, that I believe in you, but come on, dude, like, I am struggling here. I have no idea what you want me to do. Like, just help me out. And so I've also, like, I talked about last episode, like, just sitting with Jesus. That's something that I, like, really um, think is really helpful for me because I just sit there and I don't talk. I just sit there and, like, knowing that Jesus is, like, sitting with you, like, in adoration, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like, it really makes you feel loved by him. And so, that can give you the quote unquote peace people talk about. But um, also just like 
something that I'm sure Maureen can relate to is like, I'm a stubborn person. I'm an opinionated person. I want to be right. So when God like tells me, Hey, Renee, like you're wrong. Like things are going to change in your life. Like I'm not handling like COVID well. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't like it. I don't like the changes. It's very hard for me. It goes against my nature. But um, something that I have kind of related to and something I've heard a lot of Catholic speakers talk about is like life, like our life is just a test run for if we're going to make it to heaven or if we're going to go to hell. And so at the end of the day, I know, but that's just reality. Like you can either run to God or you can run away from him. And we're all going to run away from him at some point. Like sin exists. It's terrible. But like, that's why we have confession so we can go back to him. And so if, if you're just living your life, like doing what feels like comfortable and good in the moment, but not spiritually good in the long run, you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to even recognize the signs. Um, and that's something that's taken me a while is I've like prayed about my vocation just to like, kind of see if maybe I'm not getting the right vibe from God. But, um, like the next day, and I'm not making this up. My mom was like, Oh, like your friend is like a longtime family friend is pregnant. Do you want to see her picture of the ultrasound? And I was like, if that's not God being like, Hey, like you're meant to have kids. I, I don't know what is like, it's just like crazy. Like I'll pray about vocation stuff. And then I'll see like babies everywhere, like unusual amounts of babies. It's kind of weird to say out loud, but like, <laughs> it's so strange. I know, I know, but it's so true. And like, So if you just trust, and I know that this is so much easier said than done, but if you just trust that God wants you to follow him and what he calls you to do is what he wants for you, and that's how you're going to make it to heaven and his kingdom, which should be our ultimate goal, then you'll really understand like our lives and our actions are just for God. Like our vocation is how we get to God. Our job is how we support our vocation. And that is how we get to God. Like it all just, it all just lines up to that. So one thing that I think that some judges you just need to hear is like your job isn't to be rich, successful, famous, or anything like that. Your job is to love God and like follow him. And if like if marriage is how you love God, or if like being a sister is how you love God, like that's what you're supposed to do. So if you do that wholeheartedly, like the rest will fall into place. And so, real quick, like. That's why I think a lot of women can relate to this is this is why I feel so close to Mary and I usually pray to her more is because like she's truly a spiritual mother and she really just wants you to follow her son. So she's going to lead you to him. So I know that's a lot and some of it's really deep, but I just think that it's not talked about enough in like youth Catholic cultures is that like that emptiness that some like children or teenagers feel when they pray and don't hear anything back. So like, you just have to learn to recognize how God speaks to you because he speaks to everyone differently. So yeah, I hope that helps some people. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really relatable. I mean, when I was picking colleges, I distinctly, I was also going through a really rough time. I had a lot of other stuff going on in my life, so that didn't help. I was just, I was about an emotional wreck for the entire month of April, which which college you're going to. Um, And I distinctly remember sitting in my band teacher's room and I literally was just bawling and he's like, (laughs) it's fine. It's fine because I am someone that is very responsible and I thought it was irresponsible of me to not know what I wanted my major to be and what college I wanted to go to. And so, so I was relatable. disappointed. 
I was disappointed in myself for not having a ready answer when people asked me. Because oh my gosh. I was disappointing them by not like having something to talk yes, about. Yes, that's it was wow. Su- such a messed up mentality, but I think it's so true still of me today because when people are like, what are your future plans? I always feel like I'm lying to them because now that I do have a major, I'm a finance major, by the way, Mm -hmm. I like will say, oh, so my plans are to go into finance and work for an agricultural company and someday marry somebody nice, have a big family, you know, (laughs) like that's like, you know, fairy tale what Maureen will do. But Maureen really has no idea what's going to happen. And so (laughs) I still sometimes feel bad because I'm like lying to them. But it's only because you've been conditioned since you were like three to be like, what are you going to do when you grow up and to have a plan? And so it can be kind of scary to not know. Um, And when I was thinking about this topic, I was always thinking about like, if you ever go to any discernment retreats or talks or stuff like that, like this is going back to like Renee's saying how a lot of educators or whatever don't really tell you how to pray. When I've gone to speeches, I feel like they tend to always focus on the moment they knew, you know, there's this Uh, aha moment where they're sitting in adoration or they're at mass right after communion, or even just walking down the street, they wake up one morning. I don't know when it is, what happens. (laughs) They just know. And I have always felt like that is a little bit false telling people who are in the, like the, in the midst of the most anxiety of discernment to tell you about this happy times ahead of which are coming to you when they should be focusing on what are you going through right now? Right. And And just like the idea, like to assume that everyone has that aha moment. Like I never had that. Like I just like, it's it's really kind of toxic to like teach people. Like that's how, you know, God is speaking to you because that it's not how it works for everyone. Like it's so unique. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Everybody (laughs) is different. Um, No, it's fine. It's fine. It's good to have your (laughs) feedback on this. This is supposed to be a conversation. So we're doing good. Keep keep it up. Keep it up. Um, But I think the people also, when they're, you know, 10, even five years down the road, whatever you were looking at doesn't seem as bad as it was when you were there. Like you were talking about now looking back at your college discernment, it seems silly to you that you put so much emphasis on it. And you don't even like you, it's impossible for you to actually relive the stress. You'll be like, you can remember at some point I was stressed, but unless you're currently like extremely stressed, you have no idea what that feeling was like. And so Mm -hmm. for these people that have made their decision and are at peace or feeling good about their decision, they're not really going to be thinking about like, oh my gosh, it was horrible before I did this, you know? And so I, I feel like that is, it's, it's an unconscious problem, but it's, Something that I feel like you can't really understand um, as a young person why they're not talking about the stress part. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. really important for us to talk about and get it out there. Yeah. Um, And just also like going off of that, like discernment, Yeah, this idea that you need to discern, discern, discern until you like feel the like the God voice or whatever they talk about. It's just like at some point you just kind of have to be confident in how you feel. And so this idea, like, I think there's such a big emphasis on like constant discernment and just like, just focus on where you're at in life and just ask for God's help. Like you don't need to be thinking about it 24 seven. Like it's okay to give yourself a break. So. (laughs) Um, And then I also to sort of 
go off of something that's maybe a little bit more inspirational for you guys other than just us, even though I personally think Renee is very inspirational. Um, I wanted to tell you guys the story of Mother Teresa. Uh, I'm not sure if our listeners or they know much about her. So I'm going to start off with a quick little backstory. She was born in what was then Yugoslavia in 1910. And at age 18, she kind of, it, the, the, biography that i was reading about her said she actually did feel an aha moment so maybe she's not Mm. the best um inspiration but we'll get to the (laughs) real part later yeah anyway so she became a missionary in india and then eventually she started her own order called the missionaries of charity and she dedicated her life to serving the poorest of the poor which was her quote that she would say all the time she received the nobel peace prize in 1979 and she was canonized a saint in 2016. So she's one of what um, I like to call like a saint of our times. Like she really right. understood what it was like to be a, a person living in our age. Right. Um, but uh, something that people don't necessarily know a lot about, I think, is that she suffered from spiritual darkness, as I think it's often called. So yeah, dark for more than 50, 50 years after she started her order, she th- like could not hear God. She couldn't hear anything about him. And this is after as like before the dark night of the soul started, she had been receiving visions and she was very, very close to God. And so for that suddenly to get completely cut off and to live in this complete darkness and never hear God and never even like feel his love. And like I can't imagine what that would be like. Because even though I don't necessarily like hear God talking to me, like I hear other humans talking to me, I know that he loves me. And I know how Renee was talking about the real presence. If I go into a church and the Blessed Sacrament is exposed, I do feel a a sort of a sense of peace just being in God's house, if that makes sense. You know, if I go into a church, I'm like, this is where God is. This is, this is where he lives. And this is the closest I can get to him. And I at least will feel his love, if not anything else. But she couldn't even feel that. And for 50 years to go through that and never tell anyone except for her spiritual confessor. And meanwhile, she was going on world tours and she spoke to the president of the United States and she wrote books and she led in order and she continued to care for people with her entire life. I mean, she would eat next to nothing, sleep next to nothing, no, like, like three hours or like something insane she completely gave her life to god and she couldn't even hear him talking to her and so i'm not saying that you have to be mother Teresa, and i really (laughs) hope (laughs) that you're not going through anything this extreme um and i also know that it might not be the best inspirational story because she had already made her discernment Um, decision you know in terms of um, her vocation for life however I think that she can be inspirational because I think it's important to realize that you don't necessarily need to hear God talking to you to live a good and holy life you know from the church teaching we know at least from that what's expected of us you know this is how you are to love others love on another one another as I have loved you that's in the bible and if we can't hear God talking to us in our prayer life, we can read the scripture and Jesus, Jesus's words are literally on the page. And so if nothing else, we can turn to that and we know how to live our lives. And at some point, God will break through and he'll give us something. You know, 
uh, even just a notion that he loves us. You know, Renee can finally feel the blessed um, in the blessed sacrament. She feels the real presence when she goes to adoration because of Mm -hmm. her friends. And if that's not a gift from God, then I don't know what is. (laughs) Exactly. Even in these 50 years, Mother Teresa did have one moment during a requiem mass after the death of one of the popes. And she said it was all worth it just for that one moment. Um, You know, even just that one moment of God speaking to us can make up for a lot of time of silence. And so I think that's important to remember, too, is that no matter how bad it is and God will always give you something because he loves you so, so much. He will never leave you in the dark forever. And if we can just remember that and continue to love others and try and live as a good Christian, God will give us at least the right path. You know, he showed Mother Teresa which path to take and he did give her suffering, but it was only to increase her goodness. She was able to go through the suffering and come out better and Obviously, she went to heaven and now she's a saint that inspires so many around the world. And she's able to inspire us because of her suffering, because she's able to inspire you guys. If you're going through spiritual anxiety, she can inspire you from her example. And so I think that's really amazing to think about Um, that once if you keep just like trying, God will help you to figure out the best way to do it because he wants you to get to heaven and he wants you to help others get to heaven. And he has a specific plan for you to do that. And so if you're able to follow him in the present moment, he will keep making those present moments the right ones for you to get to heaven, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that is my Ooh, deep episode, guys. Story. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so we really do hope that helps you. It's something that I am very, I wouldn't say passionate about. I feel like that's a little bit, kind of weird but it's something that I think is really important for people to talk about especially yeah, not with, talked you know, about so enough. many people yeah so many people have like depression anxiety or just from normal life and right. adding on to that trying to maintain this relationship with God you know it's not easy so we hope you guys are feeling a little better after this episode I know I am I feel great <laughs> so well, that's I good it's with you guys oh my gosh Well, thank you so much for joining us for our third wonderful episode of this podcast. We hope you guys are getting something from it. And if you want to contact us um, for advice or anything like that, um, you can contact us by email at rasmussen, R-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N-R at C-U-A dot E-D-U. And you can contact Maureen at... Or (laughs) my email, Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E, m-a-u at cua.edu we'd love to hear from you guys yay all right thanks so much have a great day guys we'll see you in the next episode Bye. bye bye